Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 71 of Hack to Start. This episode features Andres Isqueta, the co-founder and CEO of 5.4. Tyler and I want to invite Andres onto the show to share his story as an entrepreneur and pioneer in the e-commerce and fashion industry. 5.4 started over 10 years ago with a very different business model. Through ups and downs, Andres and 5.4 eventually pivoted into an e-commerce subscription model. Andres joins us to share more about how they pioneered this model, what makes it so successful, how they grew to over 60,000 subscribers in less than three years, what other startups can learn from their model, and much more. This is an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Andres. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. Really looking forward to learning more about you and uh, and the awesome uh, empire you've built with, with 5.4. So let's start off by uh, getting to know a bit more about you. Uh, where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship really develop? So I'm born and raised in LA. I come from a Latin family. I grew up here my entire life in LA. I went to USC for college. I studied uh, business with an emphasis in entrepreneurship. And within the entrepreneurship center at USC, we had to write a feasibility and a business plan um, as our senior project. And my project was actually 5-4. And at the time, the concept behind 5-4 was more so that we were going to be a brand that did wholesale. Bear in mind, this was also 2001-2002 school year, so it was a long time ago. Back then, e-commerce and subscription type of models like 5-4 Club, it didn't really exist or wasn't as popular. So at the time, during the second semester of our senior year, which was around like January, February 2002, um, we started to write and navigate the plan for 5-4. And then um, within that semester, we actually launched the brand and it got in about... um, I want to say five stores, um, and we got about ten press hits. So essentially, um, the journey of Five Four started, you know, thirteen and a half years ago, almost fourteen years ago now. And um, for the first ten years of the brand's existence, it actually was a was a wholesale brand and retail brand. So we had uh, three shops in LA for about three four years, and then um, in the late two thousands, from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen, and then. Um, from 2002 to 2012, the brand sold up to a thousand stores. So we sold in uh, Macy's, Buckle, Nordstrom, and a bunch of specialty uh, boutiques and stores across the country. And then Five Four Club itself started in 2012. That's awesome. That's 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 incredible. Thank you. So today you're currently the co-founder and CEO of Five Four. For those who may not know, what is Five Four and what motivated you to start it? Yeah, so I mean, look, I guess there's kind of like two major, two major eras. The five four first was the first ten years of five four, and now the last three and a half years of five four. So the first ten years of five four, which were two thousand two to two thousand twelve, 
you know, it's funny because a lot of people say that in order for you to become, you know, super knowledgeable or an expert in, in an industry, it takes you about 10 years of experience. And, you know, we launched 5-4 Club almost 10 years to the day that we graduated from college in May of 2012. And the first 10 years of 5-4 were just more so about us building something that we felt that represented, you know, our lifestyle. Plus, we we're also really into just doing something that was our brand and something that we thought that was cool and you know we are entrepreneurs at heart you know since day one and for us it's all about the hunt and the chase to be able to you know win fail win fail win fail and hopefully be able to win more so than fail and luckily that's been the case um, in you know late 2011 early 2012 our 5-4 business as a retailer and as a wholesaler was really not going anywhere and we started to, to look at the internet and kind of see what what was out there and we looked at a couple key trends in terms of from a business perspective and that's when you know over the course of about you know a few weeks we conceptualized the idea behind 54 club and what we really saw is that on our biggest days at our retail stores in LA it would be a combination of us doing some sort of a deal and also more importantly, us being there with the customers and talking to them and seeing that they actually wanted to take the ease out of shopping and they would just tell us like, yo, can you just pick us out like three outfits from, from, from the store um, that you guys like and I'll take that. So essentially taking the idea behind that vis-a-vis um, -a, -vis a monthly um, club where you know, for $60 a month we send you a package where we believe it goes towards completing your closet. So for instance, one month it would be like a pair of jeans and a button down. The next month would be a cardigan and a Henley. The next month a jacket and a scarf. So what we're aiming to do essentially is to build your closet with go-to basics that you need. And then, you know, you as a guy obviously can go and purchase either more 5-4 stuff through our e-commerce platform or, you know, you just go to your other favorite brands or retailers and buy product that would complement what we, we would send you, you know, in a 5-4 package. Yeah, no, I love I love the concept. So where did the name and brand come from for 5-4? There was a term that we had been saying that meant one love, like five minus four equals one. So essentially the concept of 5-4 and the names evolved from then to really meaning like a one-of-a-kind service and one-of-a-kind value. Um, and we really make all of our members feel like, you know, we're creating and curating everything for them. So we really want them to feel like everything that we're doing is for them and essentially that's what we do you know we built the service mm -hmm. because we saw frustrations from our customers that they wanted something simple and they wanted their closet essentially an autopilot and to make their lives easier and a lot of guys don't want to think about what to wear and the beauty about the 5-4 club is that we've taken a lot of that pain away from from guys that's amazing. I, lo I love the concept for the brand. So 5-4 is a bootstrap company with over 60,000 subscribers. How did you manage to grow to this level? In terms of growth, uh, you know, the first uh, year and a half was pretty much grassroots. We did a lot of things from our email list that we had built through our e-commerce business in the late 2000s, along with uh, social media, and then did a few affiliate deals. And then um, in about fall 2013, we started investing more into paid media, whether it's Facebook, Google, and television. And the last two years or so, a lot of it, a lot of the growth has been driven by that. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're clothing people that went into a technology business. 
essentially what it would be billed to say the business world that five four club is considered to be more of like a fashion tech hybrid versus just a fashion uh standalone model. Uh so for us, you know, we understand product, we understand manufacturing. So you know, from day one we built a pretty robust business model where we've been able to grow off of our own capital and understanding the supply chain and really knowing how to run a business from an apparel perspective, you know, it's, it's very difficult and apparel in general is one of the, the toughest businesses to succeed in. Um, and luckily we've had, you know, before we started Five Four Club, we had 10 years of schooling just from our own personal mistakes and, you know, wins and losses and all that stuff that we were able to apply a lot of what, you know, what worked in the past to being able to help that scale Five Four. That's awesome. That's that's really cool to to hear. And so this past spring, uh, Five Four actually announced a, a clothing partnership with Marvel. How did that partnership come about? Yeah, they actually uh, sent us an email. I think one of the guys on the licensing team was a member, and he thought that the idea was pretty pretty different and innovative, and wanted to see if there was something that we um, would be interested in. So we talked for like a few months, and then we came up with the idea of doing a collaboration with them um, on a, on a club package. That's awesome. I love it that, you know, that it was it was so organic from the fact that, you know, they were some of your members and stuff like that. You guys have you guys thought about trying to replicate that with with other brands uh, or or potential partners? Yeah, so actually in July of 2014, um, we did uh, a guest designer named Mark McNary. So, I mean, to like the mainstream audience, the the thing that's most comparable to would be like what H&M does with these designers like Balmain or Alexander Wang. Um, those are like pretty, you know, mass market collaborations. Uh, so what we had Mark do, Mark S design all packages um, for the month of July 20, 2015, I mean, um, where it was guest designed by Mark McNary. And it was probably the month that had the most hype, more so than Marvel, because uh, Mark is like a true American contemporary menswear designer. So the, the result of what it had for our members and their happiness towards the package and just overall as a brand, it was a huge win for us. And we have... Um, a couple uh, big collaborations lined up for 2016 that are going to be along the same lines and a lot more as well. That's awesome. Look forward to seeing that. So a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned that, you know, you guys had tons of experience uh, before starting 5.4. Um, and then it actually took, you know, 10 years before 5.4 really became the, the subscription model that it is. So over that period of time, um, you, what are some of the biggest lessons you, you can share about sort of e-commerce and maybe the apparel uh, industry uh, as a whole? Yeah, I mean, look, so I think today people in the fashion or tech business don't really like to talk about it, but a lot of it is driven by value. And the consumer on the internet today has the control. It's not the brand. So for instance, when I was growing up, I've always been into fashion since I was a kid. I would go to the mall and I would look at magazines and I would just go buy, you know, what was in there. And essentially the media controlled me because I didn't have a computer. You know, I'm 35 now. I didn't I didn't have a computer when when I was 12. Even if I did, it didn't really give me the information vis-a-vis -vis the internet saying like, hey, if I want to buy that Ralph Lauren button down, I can get it from here, here, or here, and it costs X, Y, and Z from these retailers. I would go to the mall, just buy something, and that's it. Now, you know, if you want, say, like a blue Oxford shirt, you're going to open up six tabs, go to everywhere from Mr. Porter to Zara to Uniqlo to Gap to J. Crew um, to Express to wherever you like to shop and it's essentially look at the different options, look at the quality. If they're all similar, majority of the mass market customer is going to end up picking the one at, at the best value. So essentially 
the internet today is very driven by value and you know the biggest uh, e-commerce company in the world is Amazon and you know they're driven purely by value so that's like a big thing that if you want to be successful on the internet today um, as an e-commerce player that's a huge part of it that you have to be able to tell the right story whether it's through discounting or whether it's through this model where there's transparency where you're showing your factory costs and all that stuff like a few startups are doing or essentially you're you're showing them comparables like you know if you go buy this from retailer X Y and Z but if you go to our subscription or our site it would cost you A B and C then this is why you know we're a better value for you and a better choice so I think that that's a really big part of it secondly you know really being able to tell your story and really being able to tell your brand is very important because um, you have to be able to differentiate and you know my first point that I made about value isn't necessarily the best point of differentiation because again if you play the value game you're gonna be stuck because there's a lot of other great values out, out there on the internet whether it's you know these fast fashion retailers or coupons or these like you know flash sales or black friday this or that deal or 75 percent off today um, you really have to also invest in your brand and really know what you're talking about and then showing your customer that as well so i think that's another big pillar and then really lastly is you know what service are you adding to your customer base like how is this different from everything else out there because you know i see every day a new startup that's trying to tackle e-commerce, whether it's non-fashion or fashion, a lot of times they're not really doing anything special and different. So I think the combination of value plus brand plus service is really what is going to set apart the players of tomorrow um, and today versus, you know, maybe what you've seen in the past. And for anyone that's trying to, you know, go into the space today, unless you have those three points really on lock and done well and executed and well thought through, then the likelihood of you to succeed is you know not that high as opposed to you having those those three check marks you know done and executed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those those are some great points that I think you know can apply well beyond the fashion or or tech startup scene. That that you know you I, I think you nailed it. Those those make a lot of sense. So. Um, you, you know, what's your role as a CEO uh, and creative director like day to day? I mean, before we before we hit record, you know, you were just saying you came back from a fashion shoot. Um, wh what's a what's a typical day like for you? Yeah, I mean, so I touch upon all parts of the business. There's some parts that I focus on more so than than others. Every day is different. I wake up around like 7 a.m. I check email for about an hour. Um, I also read a lot just to see what's going on in the world from business to technology to fashion to art, to regular consumer stuff, come in the office, and then pretty much within the first hour I already have, I would say out of like a nine to 10 hour day, 75% of it is filled with meetings, and then the rest of the time, I'm usually in the design room working on product and talking about you know what we have in store and looking over samples. So I actually oversee and approve of every single garment that leaves 5.4 from our factory to the customer. Um, so it's essentially before we go to production, I approve every detail and make sure that it's all to my standard. You know, that is time consuming just because I approved everything down to like a button to trim to, you know, the garment, the silhouette, the spec. I have a team, luckily, that we've grown to a pretty big team here that makes my life and my job a lot easier. But at the end of the day, I like to have, you know, my stamp of approval because if something comes out wrong, I prefer to blame myself as opposed to blaming others. So that's a, that's a pretty just 
time-consuming thing, but I think it's helped to improve our product and our supply chain and to really to really streamline our processes internally. And uh, you know, every day is different, so I have full reporting from everything from customer service to logistics to fulfillment to shipping to growth to technology to brand marketing. So for instance, this last weekend, we were all on set um, shooting our winter campaign in Seattle. Um, so again, you know, we, we've done a really good job the last three, four months in terms of changing our content strategy and also our brand imaging. So we're, we've been creating um, a lot of content as of late and you know, we've seen the results of it from whether it's been you know, more traffic to the website or just more engagement from our member base. So this weekend we created, apart from just our campaign, we did like a full content video thing that we're gonna be launching on on YouTube within the next two months um, that I'm pretty excited about. So just being there and making sure that we're touching upon everything that we wanna do. So we just don't go do a photo shoot. We literally are trying to accomplish like a few major goals in one. So something as simple as like, hey, we need to shoot this at the right angle to make sure that it's you know good for a Facebook ad or for a banner or um, if this is going to work well for this video while we're shooting is going to work well for a TV advertisement or is this going to be good for our blog entry um, or is, is, is this going to be a good thing for content and just making sure everything looks good. So it's a lot of little details that we always just make sure that everything is done well and done up to the standard that we expect. That's awesome. I love the I love the involvement. Uh, that, that's that's great that you know you take so much care in in doing that stuff. Yeah, and like for instance, the week before I actually was in China visiting all of our factories. I went there for four days. We implemented some new quality control processes with all of our factories, and that made me very excited because we figured out ways to keep improving our quality and to ensure that our members are getting the best product possible at the best value for them. So pretty uh, grueling visiting sometimes two three four factories a day and you know going on trains for an hour to two hours and riding a car but when you finish your trip and you look back and you say like all right in four days I visited you know 12 factories and you're able to see all the work that was done and all the things that were improved um, that will impact your members and your business overall you know it's, it's a pretty rewarding experience so I do that trip usually four times a year and we we've designed the trip now I've been in China now in my career I, I want to say 26 or 27 times so we've optimized the trips to be as efficient as possible and in as little time as possible as well Oh, that's crazy. Um, so in uh, in 2014, you actually launched uh, as the creator, executive producer, and co-star um, a show called Weekend Fix on the Esquire Network. How did that opportunity come about? Um, so one of my closest friends is my co-star and co-creator. So his name is Omar Miller. Um, he's been on CSI Miami. He's on that show uh, called Ballers. He's also been in about 30 plus films, including Eight Mile, Miracle St. Anne. Um, so we were in Tokyo together and we were just walking around and uh, we were actually doing what the show looked like just ourselves using uh, our mobile phones and using apps and blogs and social media to pretty much go from one place to the other. So while we were there together, I, I said to him like, hey, it'd be cool if we actually made a show like this, kind of, kind of like a millennial Bourdain essentially, where it's essentially like a Bourdain meets Google Glass, if you will. And uh, so we created a sizzle reel and we sold the show a few months later and uh, it debuted on Esquire Network last year. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. 
So between the creative side and business side at 5.4, what are some of the most recent apps that you've downloaded that help you with your business? You know, I like Snapchat because I think it's, uh, at first I didn't really understand Snapchat. I guess I'm too old. And then I started seeing my friends on Snapchat. So then I just joined and I was more of just like the lurker, you know, Mm -hmm. so I was just like viewing people. I didn't even know how to use it. I thought it was really confusing. Um, And then uh, I actually liked it because it gives you the ability to kind of be more personal. And it's socially okay if you Snapchat, say, like 10 times a day. It's not socially okay if you Facebook post or Instagram post 10 times a day. Yeah. Um, and it's also okay if it's a little bit more gorilla as opposed to Instagram where I feel sometimes you even put the pressure on yourself to make sure that the picture looks pretty, the filters, the this, the that, the right caption. I think on Snapchat you can just be as, uh, as you want to be. I use Uber and Lyft a lot, so I don't drive. I haven't driven in almost two years. So I use both those apps a lot. Postmates everything um, from food if I'm not going out. I Instacart my groceries. I uh, I bought a Nest, so I really like the Nest, so I can control my house, all temperatures. Um, when I'm in China, I use these VPN apps that are great. Um, obviously, I check Instagram. It's funny because Instagram now I use a lot just to check out you know what's trending. Twitter I like for news. Facebook I like uh, just because I like to see what my friends are up to. You know, the basic ones. I don't think that there's anything else. But, you know, those those apps just within itself have really made my life a lot easier. So are there any recommendations on great content that you've read lately? So either books, videos, or blog posts? I mean, yeah. So I like to read. Uh, I don't go on that many sites a lot anymore. I go on a lot of newsletters. So um, And then the newsletters drive me to look at at the sites and all that stuff. So, you know, I used to read TechCrunch a lot, but I don't have the time anymore to, but I do get the newsletter. So if there's if there's a headline that catches my fancy, I go on there. I check CNN every morning. I check the Wall Street Journal every morning. I follow a lot of creative stuff, whether it's fashion or just art and design. Um, again, you know, those n- newsletters help me a lot. So I'm able to pretty much like view everything quickly. And if there's something that I fancy, then I'll just go on the link uh, and go open up the article. Instagram, oddly enough, also is good for news. I'm able just to see a cool picture or see see a highlight. So if I'm not able to watch like a sports game, like for instance, the NBA does a really good job of showing you video and showing you all the highlights as well as Sports Center. So you know that's that's been great. That just through that and also the Snapchat Discover function is really good if you just want to be able to consume your information fast. And you know I think today as a consumer. And it also applies to advertisers like by four. You have to understand that the consumer today is consuming information and advertising very, very fast. So the attention span is a matter of seconds and it's usually vis-a-vis your phone. So I actually don't like to read a lot uh, just because I don't have good attention span. Um, I like to, my limit is usually like two, three hundred words. On an article, if I can't digest what it's supposed to be, then I just stop reading it or I just think it's, too long or whatever. So I like everything short and sweet. So that's why I like Twitter for news or or Instagram even. And you know, the Snapchat's great because you actually get to view it vis-a-vis some sort of a video. So it's much more engaging than even Instagram or Twitter, which is usually just more of like a still picture. Yeah, it's awesome. So do you have any last thoughts or, or personal mottos that you live by uh, that you think others should know about and you'd like to share with us? 
you know, with business and with 5-4, you know, we, we've been through kind of like nine lives, 90 lives, whatever you want to call it. And I think for us, what's made us successful or classify as, as successful is that we've pretty much never given up. And we've been at the brink of failure multiple times and where the business had no hope. And I think it's just about trying. And if you fail, just get up. And as long as you win more than, than you lose, that's all that really matters. And there's always going to be people that are smarter than you or more experienced than you that tell you that your idea is bad or that you're not going to succeed. And as long as you're confident in your idea and you've, you've obviously gotten some sort of like proof of success, whether it's through some sort of beta or, what, or whatever it is, and you really believe in it, then I would say to pursue it and to pursue it as hard as possible. And if you fail, just keep getting up and just keep going. Because I wouldn't be where I am today um, with 5.4 if we hadn't, if we'd given in into any of those hundred plus times that we've been told you guys should close shop or you guys should just stop what you're doing. So my business partner and I are pretty resilient and, you know, nothing really phases us. We're luckily that, you know, there's just a wall that's been built up in terms of us telling us what we can't do. We don't really like to take no into consideration. There's always, there's always a way, you know. So for us, luckily, we've been able to be crafty and have been able to figure out if something doesn't work, we figure out a, a solution and if that's working, and then ultimately over a few months or years or whatever, that stops working, we figure out something else. That's awesome. No, that's some great, uh, that, that's a great motto and a great inspiration and some great advice. Uh, thanks, Andres, so much for taking the time uh, to be on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at hack to start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.